All right, two more minutes. Just quickly, um, just someone mentioned to me. It's great. Uh, if you do want to give physical giving, uh, Rach, Rach at the back, do you want to put your hand up? If you want to give physical giving, uh, Rach has a bucket that you can go to. Um, if you want to give to her, put the money in there. Um, and also while we're waiting, uh, Tina has some notes from today. So if you want to type in that into your phone um, and then you'll have the notes for the sermon today. So encourage you to download, download that if you can. Come on, minutes, keep talking.
All right. We'll get into it. Just a heads up, bit of a spelling mistake. That was my fault. It's not a U, it's an I. So if it didn't work for you, that's probably why. It should work now. Um, thank you, Brendan. <laughs> uh, male, C-H-I, not U. C-H-U. I had C-H-U. Put an I instead of a U, Sean. And Jim. Cool. Um, we're very blessed to have Tina. Uh, somehow it's worked out perfectly um, with everything that's been going on with COVID. She's been able to come here. We weren't sure if she'll be able to, but she is. And uh, she spoke yesterday about how to reach the postmodern world. Um, and I think that's something, you know, Tina's been involved with uh, many evangelism groups. Um, so she's, she's seen uh, how evangelism can really work, um, but also understanding the different cultures that we live in. And obviously, us living in this postmodern world, um, we have to think differently about evangelism. Not everything we did back 30, 40 years ago may work today. And so I think um, Tina has that experience. She has seen those evangelism techniques work back then. And then uh, what is the difference in the change of the culture that we're in today? And, um, and she spoke about that last night. Um, but I'm really looking for the message she has for us as a church this morning. Um, so let's uh, give her a warm welcome this morning. Thank you, Cade. Good morning, everyone. How are you? Don't you love a technical challenge? Every pastor's nightmare, let's be honest. Every church's nightmare. Everybody that's involved in the production is just killing themselves, going, what is going on? But it's okay. God is still here, right? Right? Fantastic. That's, I'm glad that you believe that. That's wonderful. Well, I wanted to start today... Um, I haven't always loved Jesus. I actually didn't meet Jesus until 1992 and I absolutely did not think this was real. I absolutely would, there's no chance that I thought this God stuff was real. I, I mean, I thought that God was there, but I didn't think that you could know Jesus, that God is knowable. Absolutely no way that changed my life forever. Before we start this morning, as I was in worship there this morning, I thought, oh, I'm having such a great time here, Lord. The worship is so awesome here. Don't you agree? Having a wonderful, the presence of God, I'm thinking, oh, this is why the church gathers. This is just amazing. And all of a sudden, I felt the Lord speak to me to encourage somebody. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is, this is so awesome that if I've come all this way just to bring this encouraging word, although that's not it because we had a great time last night and of a message for the church today. But if I came here just to bring this encouraging word, I would go home a happy, happy lady. And that word, that encouraging word, is actually for your bass player, Peter. So, Peter, I don't know anything about you, so I'm going right out on a limb. And I could have had the wrong coffee <laughs> or the wrong boiled eggs for breakfast. Maybe they spiked them, I don't know. But I want to pray for you. So, um, but what I want to do is I felt the Lord say, ask for a couple of his close friends to come and stand around him. So can you stand up and can we have four maximum people that you would say, you know this guy well, you're journeying with him. So why don't you stand up, Peter? Is that okay? I don't want to, I just want to, you know, go out on a limb here. Who are those people? Come and stand with him. Yeah, you don't have to face everybody. That's like awkward, right? Face this way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then you can, have your, you can just have a little moment with the Lord by yourself. Um, but everybody else, why don't you stand and join your faith together as we pray for him? Come on, we're a church family here. We're the people of God. We want to encourage everyone in our community. Now, Peter, this is the thing. I felt the Lord say to me that... I was trying to work out, was he talking about ministry? Is it a call of God's ministry or is it an idea? Is it the implementation of an idea? And my gut is I, I want to lean towards the idea. And this is what I feel like the Lord's saying is that you just close your eyes. He has, now I may be completely wrong, but I'm happy to be publicly wrong. 
it's like you have a, it's a specific calling or it's an idea or something like that. It's very clear to you of what God has put, a hope, a dream. And I know that can be general, but th- this is very, very specific. It burns within you. And what I feel the Lord saying is, in an encouraging way, there's a considerable gap between that promise and you walking into that, into seeing that come to pass. And the, the gap in between is, <laughs> it's not that he doesn't do anything, but the gap in between is such an incredible time of, of development of what goes on the inside that actually holds you when he releases that fully, that that's in your heart. And so I want to pray and encourage and prophesy over you this morning to, with these men around you, to be steadfast to that, what God's put in your heart. To keep getting up every day in Jesus' name and thinking about it and dreaming about it. To not become discouraged or despondent in Jesus' name through all of the toughness that will come. To actually fully walk into that, it's going to take you to have a lot of stickability. It's going to take you to have a lot of inner fortitude to actually see that come to pass. So if I've come all this way today in Jesus' name to tell you that and in the years to come you tell me or I hear about what God is doing through your life, I'll be a happy woman. So, Father, today in Jesus' name, as a church community at Divergent, we lift up Peter to you. Father, we gather around him and we strengthen him today. Lord, we pray that you give him the ability to to hold on to that dream, to, to keep thinking about it and to move forward as you lead, to go through every process of development in Jesus' name, every tough step that maybe some people would never take. They'd quit on the journey, but Lord, help him to keep going in your name, that we would see this come to pass In the wonderful name of Jesus, amen. I feel it's more work-related. That's what I think. So, have I lost the plot? It's on. Okay, good. Well, let's praise the Lord. That's good. All right. Fantastic. Good on you, Peter. I'm glad. You know, sometimes people, you've just got to go out on a limb, don't you? Have you learnt that in your own life? Sometimes you've got everything, everything to lose and everything to gain. Sometimes you've got everything to gain and nothing to lose, but you got to weigh it up when it comes to something like that. I'm not encouraging him with something that's from the devil. And so I'm like, okay, well, I publicly just, he can look at me and go, you've absolutely had the wrong eggs. And I'm like, cool, I'm happy to do that. I'm happy to be embarrassed for Jesus. But if it's right, that'll change his life forever. Amen. So be like that, young people, older people, whatever you are. I'm a young person, so in my own mind. All right, so we're going to talk about the church on mission. And you can see the first slide up there this morning. Um, And I've given you a link to go and get the notes from last night and today. And some of you are like, oh, I'm a sceptic. I'm not going to put my name in email. Put your name in email and get the notes. And if you get anything from Evangelism in Australia, unsubscribe. (laughs) But get the notes. I want you to have the notes so you've got everything there. And there's clickable links in there. So here we go, the church on mission. Now let me talk to you about evangelism. What do you think evangelism is? If I had to ask you today, could you just write down a few sentences to describe, to define the word evangelism, what would you put down? Because my experience has been that the church at large define this very narrowly, as in evangelism is declaring verbally the four tenets, the basic tenets, the gospel, so to speak, to people. And I actually don't subscribe to that view. (laughs) And I want to encourage you today that it's a lot broader. Let me give you a few definitions if you want to write them down or just write down the bits of them. Evangelism could be the set of intentional activities, the set of intentional activities which is governed by the goal of initiating people into the kingdom of God. Intentional activities that we do that help people discover, come into the kingdom of God, all right? Intentional activities. That could be um, that could be anything. Let's not define that, but it could be anything. Evangelism could be, could be defined as something that is directed to those outside the church intended to bring them to a definite and acknowledged faith. Something that's directed to people outside of the church, outside of knowing Christ, we mean, intended to bring them to a definite and acknowledged faith. Or evangelism could be this, is every possible way, 
every possible way of reaching people outside of the church to bring them to faith in Christ. Every possible way. So I'm starting today saying that evangelism is way bigger than just that declaration, verbal declaration of the gospel. It's the things that you and I do every day, intentional activities that we're a part of that help people on a journey to discover who Jesus is. Come on, somebody say amen. I can do that. This morning I got up and I thought to myself, ah, I thought of this woman that's new into my world and my son has just started a new school and we crashed into this lady who, lo and behold, he went to kindergarten with a long time ago. And I didn't know she was at this school, but all she comes back into my world and she says to me, are you, are you that like person that's involved in church? I said, yeah. I said, how do you remember that? Like We're going back to years ago. And she remembers that this morning her name came into my mind and I know she's on holiday so I send her a text oh just thinking of you thinking of you this morning I'm just hoping that you guys are having an awesome holiday a great holiday something like that and I just read the text back from her she sends me a series of pictures and they're on holidays having a great time now that is intentional activity that's starting to lead people towards faith in Christ right I'm building a relationship with her it's it matters That is a part of you reaching people for Jesus and you and I can all do this. I'm going to go to not the second slide but the third slide. Read this with me. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you and surely I am with you always to the very ends of the age. Most of us in this building today would know this passage of scripture, Scripture, the Great Commission. Go and make disciples. It actually should be translated as, and as you go. It's not therefore go, it's as you go as a Christian, you've met Jesus, as you go make disciples. That's the actual intention of this passage. So the commandment to you and I, it's not really a commandment like you must do that, it's just a kind of, and as you go, as you go, Jesus is like, oh great, now that you love me, you know me. Now as you go, Tina, go and make disciples. But how does the church achieve this? How do we go and make disciples individually? And how as a church do we make disciples? Let me ask you a question on the next slide. How does God make disciples? God, church, mission. In what order? How would you have that discussion with yourself? Would it be this? God has a church for his mission. Write that down if you need to. God has a church for his mission or would you have made this mistake that some people do and that is to think that God has a mission for his church? This is why you need to write this down because it's two different sentences. God has a church for his mission or God has a mission for his church. Now, it's very different because if you say that God has a church for his mission, we are saying that God himself is on mission. God himself is reaching out to your friends and my friends and he has me, the church, for his mission. Amen? So I'm not on mission. I'm not on mission. I'm not on my mission. God is actually on mission And the easiest thing for me to understand as a Christian is that I join him on his mission. All I'm trying to do is work out where God is at work and I'm going to go join him. I don't have to try and make it happen. I'm not thinking, oh, I've got to get up today. It's all about the Great Commission and, oh, gosh, who can I, who can I evangelise? Who am I? Oh, who? You know, and I'm kind of a bit freaked out about it and it's all stressful. Absolutely not. It's not like that. When I understand that God has a church, has me for his mission, changes everything, right? Does it change it for you? 
totally changes everything for me. I'm like this morning when I have a thought about this lady, I'm like, oh, God has a church. Yes, it's me for his mission. He puts a name into my mind. I'm not thinking about her. And I just join him. I'm like, oh, yes, Lord, of course. I'll, I'll send a little text message to her right now. I know where I'm up to the journey with her. And I'll send that message. Now, I've done this a few times. Is it making an impact? Is it really doing something? Is she really getting closer to knowing Jesus? I think she is. The other night as I was putting our son to bed, having a little time of prayer together, and he says to me, Mum, did you know that Craig's mum, that's not the kid's name, I'm using a different name, thinks you're fantastic? I said, is that right? How do you know that, mate? How do you know that? But this is awesome. Tell me that again. That makes me feel good. As a mum, you know, take all the encouragement you can get. He said, well, when I went to stay over at their house recently, she told me that when we were cooking, because they did a little cooking together. He said, of all, she said, of all the mums that she knows, she likes me the best. I thought, that's awesome. Isn't that awesome? She likes me the best. I've only been back connected with her for a few weeks. I'm like, God's at work here. She came around to my house and she stayed. She said, I've just got to quickly, when she first came to pick her son up, I've just got to quickly pop in and get him. An hour and a half later, she's still sitting in my kitchen. Why? Because... God is at work in her life and I'm just, start, I'm just watching it and going, how can I join in? Like I would ask a little question and all of a sudden she's, she's engaging, she's getting into it, she's wanting to know more. She's talking about this and that, I can encourage her in this. And I'm like, okay, now it's time to pause, don't throw her out of the house. I know it's an hour and a half, Tina. Come, join God, he's on mission and we join in. God has you, his church, for his mission. What does that mean for you today? Who are the people that God is bringing in and out of your world? Let me talk to you about some quickly, some right foundations on the next slide. Here's the goal. Here's the ultimate goal of what we're trying to do when we talk about evangelism and reaching people for Jesus. The goal, which I talked a little bit about last night, is a person or a group of people, if we were on the mission field, turning from their primary allegiance, the thing that they give their number one allegiance to, whether it's money, whether it's sport, whether whatever it is, turning from that to God, to our God, to Christ, so that he becomes their consistent focal point. Is that not the goal? That we see people turn from where they're at so that Jesus becomes their consistent focal point. So that when they wake up in the morning, they think Jesus. When they're doing their day, they think Jesus. When they go to sleep, they're saying, thank you, Jesus. That's what we call a disciple of Jesus, right? Not a casual follower, but this church is after disciples. Where Jesus, he's our everything. He's everything that we sung today. That's what we're going for here at Divergent Church. So that's the goal when you start to pray for people. The process of time. People come to faith over time, right? It takes a long time. Last night, someone was sharing how they were, have almost given up on people. It's taking too long. But let me tell you, we have to have a long-term approach. When it comes out of joining God on mission, you have to be cool with a long-term approach with everybody that you're working with, with everybody that God brings into your world. And here's a definition of this process a series of steps that God puts in place in order for him to achieve a particular end. It's a set of steps God puts in people's lives in order for him to achieve the fact that they, that Christ is revealed, that they know him, that they go, oh, oh my gosh, oh, all right, this is real. So God does this. He puts these intentional steps in people's places. He does this in ministry and life development as, as well. So with Peter this morning, we saw God put a step in place. Here comes a word. It's a part of the process as he develops along. 
you know, in walking into that thing that God has for him. But this is what happens to people that don't know Jesus as well. God puts intentional things in the process and over time, whether that's six months, six years, 16 years, he puts them in place and our job is to join him as he's doing those things and to be happy with it and go, oh, that's cool. But I didn't get to sit down and pray the sinner's prayer with them. It's okay. Don't make that your goal. Your goal is to join God at work. Your goal is to pray that they will make Jesus their consistent focal point for their lifetime. Amen? I feel like I'm just preaching myself happy here. So, that's the definition. Now, let me tell you a little story about God having the church for his mission. (laughs) I remember one day I'd been quite ill at home and I'd been in bed for about a week and at our house, our bedroom is near the front door. And as I'm sitting on the bed this day and I actually managed to get myself out of bed, I got dressed, I heard this yelling outside. Now where we live, we have this driveway that's quite long. So it's probably, I don't know, 150 metres up from the house to the top of the driveway. And I'm hearing this yelling, and it's really colourful language. I mean, it's really colourful. It's the language that I used to use, actually, before I met Jesus. So I was really familiar with this language. So I walk out the front door, and I'm thinking, oh, this is a bit odd. What's going on? I can't see anything. And I walk up the driveway, and here's this girl sitting halfway up the driveway next to a tap that we have um, getting some water. Now, it's not a hot day, so it's quite cold, and she's sitting on a gravel driveway, so now she's covered in dirt, and I'm walking up yelling out, hi, hi, are you okay? Like, how odd is this? Someone's sitting in your driveway, covered in dirt, with the tap going. And she says, actually, no, I'm not okay. And I'm walking up, and then I hear this other voice further up the driveway at the gate, and I can see this, like, van thing there. And there's a guy there, and he is hurling abuse And now I'm a little bit, you know, okay, I'm home by myself. My husband's not home. The kids are at school. Oh, am I safe? Am I safe? And then I thought to myself, this is Jesus. And the lights went on. I thought to myself, has this ever happened before? Someone comes down your driveway, they're sitting in your driveway and they're, they're drinking water and they're in dirt and they're in distress and they're hurling abuse. So I thought, oh, get control, Tina. Walk up the driveway and talk to her. So he sees me coming and so he takes off. Basically, I say to her, she's not okay. I call an ambulance. She's in a lot of pain. I call an ambulance and I call the police. The funny story was is I actually dialed 999 or 199 or the American number. (laughs) Because I watch so much Netflix, you see that number. (laughs) But do you know in Australia, it goes to triple zero. Because the Australian people are smart. They know that us Aussies do stuff like that. <laughs> Even more so when you're a mother of two kids. So the police and the ambulance come. But I sit there in the mud on the driveway with her because you wouldn't, you wouldn't just stand there when this person's distressed, disorientated, looking like there's something majorly wrong. You wouldn't like stand over them, would you? You'd get down in the dirt and you'd sit next to them. Wouldn't matter what you had on, whether you had a 50 thousand dollar Armani suit on you would sit down in the dirt because that's what Jesus would do so I'm sitting on the driveway now and now I've got my arm around her which I said to her oh look do you mind if I just I just want to comfort you I said look I don't want to freak you out I said you know but I I do go to a church and oh my heart is so for you and I'm having this conversation with her she starts to pour out her whole entire life to me all this distress in the end the cops turn up and they're standing like this of course they're standing like this oh yeah tell us a little bit about yourself I'm thinking guys She's not going to get up and attack you. It's all right. You can be a little bit more humane here. Anyway, they do their stuff and eventually they take her. They take her to a place, a safe refuge. And I say to her, is there something I can get for you? I said, because you look really cold. And she said to me, yes, she wanted a piece of clothing. I said, let me go and get that before they take you because they put her in the back of a paddy wagon. Do you know how small those things are? I'm thinking, this is crazy. But anyway, I don't want to put you down if you're a police person, those processes. I go into the house to get this one piece of clothing that she wanted. As I'm walking around my bedroom in the, in the ensuite, I'm looking through the cupboard and I think to myself, oh, yeah, right, I'll get her this jumper. That'll keep her warm. And I feel the Lord say, well, I have this thought to myself, oh, my gosh, 
She's a woman, Tina. She's like you. She's in distress. Don't just give her that. Does she have any toiletries? Can she clean her teeth? Does she have this? Does she have that? You'd think that, right? And I'm saying to the Lord, of course, yes. So I go to get a plastic bag to put all this in and the Holy Spirit says to me, really? You're going to put that in a plastic bag? And I thought, are you serious? And I look up at this bag in my ensuite, which was a brand new overnight bag that I'd been given. And the Holy Spirit's just saying to me, that's it. Put it in that bag. Oh my gosh, are you serious, Jesus? This is ridiculous. Come on. I'm giving her my clothes now. I'm giving you the bag. Honestly, I know you wouldn't say this to Jesus, but I did. (laughs) And then I felt just this Holy Ghost slap, like, oh, Get it together. Be Christ-like. So, oh, get the bag. You know, it's, it was a good bag. I put all this stuff in, beautiful stuff. I take it out and I'm going and walking it up to her and giving her all the stuff. And the cop says to me, gee, she's lucky today, love. I said, oh, well, you know, I've got to be honest with you, mate. I said, I actually go to church and I think if the church can't respond in a situation like this, who can? And he looked at me and it just went like an arrow. And that day... God had the church for his mission. That's what it was about. Was it difficult? No. It was easy when I understood. I'm not trying to make it happen. I'm trying to look and say, God, please show me where you're at work so that I can join you on your mission. And it changed her life. It changed my life, friend, to see how that Jesus operates. What about you? Where is God at work? Where can you join him on mission? Where have you missed it? Oh, friends, I've missed it so many times. But don't let that dishearten you. Just get it right the next time. You know, the Lord, he's not going, oh, that's terrible. He's so powerful. He can send other people as well. So just keep going and keep reaching out in Jesus' name. Let me ask you this picture on the screen. Here's a picture of a guy on the screen it looks like a branch. Now, what do you see? Do you see, I'll give you, what do you see first in the picture? Some people see a landscape and a face of a bearded man. Some people see that. Some people see a nose in the centre, but that nose is also a man sitting and looking at the house, the houses. Who sees that? Who sees the landscape and the face of the bearded man? Who sees the other thing? Look at that. That's amazing, right? You naturally see one or the other. Perspective is everything. Wouldn't you, believe, wouldn't you agree? Let me give you some perspectives on the next slide. Let's go to the number ones first. Here's a perspective. There are those who see the church service as the primary connecting point for those outside the church. But there's another perspective and there are those who no longer see the church service as the primary connecting point for those outside the church. There's two different perspectives here. Now, the bottom screen, that's me. Australian statistics, where culture is at right now, we must be in this position. We must no longer see the church service as the primary connecting point for those outside the church. You all know that. When you go home, you're going to click on that little video and you're going to watch a two-minute clip of somebody talking about that. And it's quite amazing. There's also some churches who assume that the primary activity of God is in the church. But then there are some churches that assume that the primary activity of God is in the world and that the church is God's instrument sent into the world to participate in his redemptive mission. Amen. And that's us at Divergent Church. We believe that. We assume that the primary activity of God is actually in the world. And Kate is on on about this. And the church is God's instrument sent into the world. Here's a couple of more perspectives on the next slide. Some churches see mission as something they initiate and they move on. They see God as joining them at work. They see God as joining them at work. Oh, God, I'm going to work today. Oh, Lord, I just pray that you bless my time together. I'm going to try and reach out to such and such today. I just pray that you're with me. (laughs) But the other perspective is some churches see mission as something that God initiates. What I've been talking about, that they join in. 
They see mission as joining God at work. Personally, the bottom position is a lot more easier (laughs) and it's a lot doable. It's what we call being on mission with God. It's the whole missional church conversation. Then there's this perspective. It is not the church which undertakes mission. It's the missio Dei or the mission of God which constitutes the church. These are not opposing perspectives. These are two that I want you to get. And down the bottom, it is not so much that God has a mission for his church in the world, but that God has a church for his mission in the world. Isn't that powerful? Why didn't someone tell me this when I first met Jesus? Would have made it so much easier. I remember being baited into conversations about this and that or trying to make it happen, thinking that, oh gosh, I need to make disciples for Jesus, that's my mission and I'm somehow going to get 50 points when I get to heaven. I didn't realise that Jesus was saying, now Tina, as you go, as you go about life, as you go about life, just make disciples because you'll just be joining me where I'm at work. It'll be natural, it'll be easy in Jesus' name. Who are the people in the last six months that now you can see today, oh, oh my gosh, God is moving in that person's life and I'm just joining in. Who are those people for you? Most people come to faith today through a relationship with somebody that they know that loves Jesus and they watch in your life what's going on. Let me go down to the next slide. God has a church for his mission ultimately means this. It means that I am sent. It means that as a Christian, when I said yes to Jesus, if God's on mission, it means that ultimately I am sent out to a world that doesn't know Christ. That's what it means, doesn't it? It means that I'm sent, that there's this idea of sentness, that the the impulse of God is outward, that I'm, I'm, to be, I'm sent. It's not that I'm going, it's that I'm sent. It's that God, if I am the church about his mission, of course I'm sent. How else does he make disciples? It's through sending me. Now let's have a look at this in scripture because I find it most enlightening myself on the next scripture, on the next slide. This is John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave, sent his one and only son. It's this sending impulse. Gave, sent, sent, gave. It's the same uh, impulse, the same inflection. When Jesus had called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases and he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him into every town and place where he was about to go. And he told them the harvest is plentiful, the harvest is ripe, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field, to send them out. The the sending impulse of God is an amazing thing to study in Scripture. If you really want to jump into this whole evangelism thing, just think about that, the sending impulse of God. I get so excited about that when I get up every day and I don't say to the Lord, send me. I'm like, oh, I'm sent. (laughs) How How do I work out where you're working today, Lord? Where are you moving and how do I engage with that? You know, I love this because you don't even have to have known Jesus for more than one day and you can be effective out there. Here's a great comment from Pat Hood on the next slide. The church in the book of Acts got it. They gathered to magnify the exalted king, but they understood that their task was to leave the building, so to speak. At first, they didn't go across the ocean. They focused on going across the street. Their lives were so radically transformed by the gospel that they didn't see their faith as connected to a place. It was a life. And as a result, the church grew exponentially. I absolutely love this. You're already living this, aren't you? As a Christian, you're going to work, you're going to university, wherever it is, and Just the way you live is speaking volumes and you're noticing around you things that are going on. And maybe I've just come today to 
heighten your awareness to those things and that God's saying, yes, step in there now. Serve this person. Do this. Do that. You will never know the remarkable impact you'll have. You could downplay today something really insignificant in your world where God says, get involved, do something, say an encouraging word, give a gift, give some money. You could make the mistake of thinking that God is not powerfully working in that moment. Or you could go, you know what, I can do that. Maybe this go and make disciples, this is what it's about. It's actually easy. Maybe Jesus did know that the church could, everybody could do this. And it could radically change someone's life. And they move along in their process of knowing Jesus. Amen? I'm so excited for Divergent Church because we can all do this. We can all do it. I love going to church. I've got to tell you, I love going to church. I love coming here. I'll tell you, the worship was amazing. I love going to church. But the biggest thing that I could miss out on in my Christian life is being the church. Isn't that true? Oh, I love going to church. God, I love your people. I love the worship this morning. I was, I was like crying. I was moved. I'm like, oh, I'm having a moment. And it's awesome, isn't it? When the presence of God's there and you just have a moment, whether you're a girl or a guy, a moment is just like, oh, that is water to my soul. But going to church should be the absolute minority focus of our life in terms of we're here one day a week. Our focus should be on, oh God, I want to be the church. Help me be the church as I go this afternoon. And as our musos come, we're going to have a little time just to reflect on who are those people that God's brought into our world that he really just wants us to partner. Just think of it. Gosh, I told some funny stories last night of giving people, should I say it, Kate? <laughs> oh, man, I tell you, it's funny when you partner with God. He, he asks you to do some things that you just think, really? Is that going to matter? I gave my neighbour a bottle of Bombay gin that someone had given us. And we're non-drinkers in our family, but there's a lot of alcohol because people think my husband and I look like we're drinkers. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking, I don't know what this says about I'm a drinker, but I get it if you beat my husband, but really? So we have all this alcohol. <laughs> and yes, we've educated our kids right about alcohol. Amazing when I gave her, when I partnered with God on that and gave the neighbour the Bombay gin, which is an expensive bottle, apparently. Moved her heart, moved her closer to a discussion about faith. It was amazing when I partnered with God on the driveway that day. Who was affected? The girl on the driveway? The cop absolutely was smashed by the Holy Spirit, I've no doubt. The ambulance people... It's amazing when we join God on his mission. Is it when I had a friend sitting in the kitchen not so long ago and I've been on a journey for a long time. She's been processed by the Lord for quite a long time. And then she just comes out and says, yeah, I never really got Christianity when I was younger. My parents were Catholics. And I know lots of Catholics that know Jesus. It's just that her parents didn't. She said, yeah, tell me a little bit more about it. After 20-something years. And so I did. Having the coffee just shared naturally in a conversation. Verbally talked about what are those basic things about Jesus that I love. It wasn't forced. I didn't make it happen. I joined God on mission. 
And this church is going to see amazing things as you continue to partner with Him on His mission. As you step out in faith, do those little insignificant things. I've been a Christian for quite a long time now and I've discovered that God is more in the normal little incidental things than He is in the spectacular. My mistake was I always used to look for the spectacular. But he's more often in the small things. Why don't you stand with me now? We're going to pray for those people that God has brought into our hearts, into our lives. And we're just going to commit ourselves to saying yes, Lord, to doing what the Holy Spirit shows us with those people. So, Father, we come and we just have our heart open to you. I want to recognise today those people that you've brought into our lives, that, that you're on mission. You love these people and their eternal destiny is more on your heart than it is on our heart. Which Lord, even the greatest of evangelists, your passion is still greater for people. And we want to just partner with you, Lord. Would you give me today the courage to keep sending those little texts and all of those people in my world of what's going on, would you help each one of us today to say yes to doing those things in Jesus' name? Help us to remember that you are processing people, that you're putting those steps in their lives that often we're a part of, that ultimately lead to them making Jesus their consistent focal point. that you would drop ideas into our minds. Tell us where you want to move, what you want us to do. Would you do that now, Lord, as we stand and listen to your voice? such a beautiful moment. You know, we pray for revival for years. This is how it comes. This is how revival comes. I really believe in our country we're going to see an exponential move of God. This is how it comes as we reach out. I want to encourage you as I finish and Cade comes. Many of you know that we release a weekly podcast in Australia of stories of people reaching out to try and intentionally encourage the church right now how to go about it. So go and listen when you can and stay encouraged and enthused in the work of outreach and evangelism in Jesus' name. actually something Kim mentioned to me uh, last night and that when it says the great commission it's co co with God co with the Holy Spirit and I think to really understand that 
we need to start to partner. We, see, we need to start to be able to hear and listen from the Holy Spirit. And I think that's, as a church, if we aren't walking with the Holy Spirit, we're going to face brick walls. And I think this is a time where, as a church, we need to continue to be spending time with God. We need to continue to be keeping our ears open, listening, looking for the opportunities, because the opportunities are there. Harvest is ready. So Jesus says the harvest is ready, but the workers are few. And I think by being in tune with the Holy Spirit and listening, He will identify people that are ready, whose hearts are ready. And so I want to encourage you over across this room as we're going to sing. I just want you to open your heart and your mind, your ears to the Holy Spirit, and allow Him to work through you. Holy Spirit, we ask you to come walk with us. We're sorry that we have ignored you, but we are ready. We are ready, God, for your mission to go, be part of what you're already doing. And I pray as a church, Father, that we are just so in tune with you, Holy Spirit. You know people's hearts. You know people's minds. You know their journey. And I pray, Father, we're just part of what you're doing. Let's sing.
know she, she talked about giving her a bottle of gin I, I gave a packet of smokes to someone when the Holy Spirit told me and I, tr- I tell you I wrestled with it it wasn't easy but I guess that's what you do when you're in tune with the Holy Spirit you obey you listen the Holy Spirit knows people's hearts and we walk into that and I just want to encourage you that the Holy Spirit doesn't leave us when we walk out this venue He's with us Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. It's about us being present. And I want to encourage you, don't worry about tomorrow. Be present now with the Holy Spirit. Don't worry about your past. Be present now with the Holy Spirit. As He goes, He'll speak. He'll speak to you and He'll show you the people that you can reach. Wednesday night, we have all in. We're going to continue this discussion. Um, how we can continue to be the church in our community. Encourage you to be there at All In, uh, 7 o'clock at this venue. Um, Encourage you to hang out this afternoon, have lunch. I'm sure there's a lot of New South Wales people here that would love to go out to lunch because they can't do anything in Queenbin right now. So uh, invite your New South Wales friends for lunch to hang out. Make the most of it. Um, We're going to finish with a song. But be the church. Um, let's, Let's reach this world. God's heart is for this world and his heart's for Canberra. So let's go and let's reach. Let's let's bring the gospel. Let's show the love of God. Oh, <laughs>